My guest today is somebody who creates trust and experience for the customer. That too in a diverse country like India and possibly for that individual who's making an online payment for the first time. I am talking to the head of product at PhonePay, Vishal Gupta. Vishal brings such nuances through his experiences in design. He breaks down the most complicated challenges into simpler solutions. All through the episode today, you're going to see some of his best experiences and practices brought into conversation. Well, this is Vishal Gupta for you on Design Grid. Vishal, firstly, thank you so much for being on Design Grid. I think uh, it's uh, it's great to have product leaders like you because the experience you bring in uh, gives so much depth to what the industry or the product industry in India is trying to do. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to hear your thoughts today. No, it's always a pleasure to kind of you know talk to people and 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 basically learn. Learning is always mutual, and it's always kind of you know sharing when yeah. people are sharing the ideas and the flows in terms of it. It helps basically the ecosystem. For sure, for sure. Uh, Vishal, I'm going to start off with a little bit of everyone trying to get the depths of what they haven't heard about your journey, right? Uh, it, you did come from a very ideal educational entrepreneurial pedigree. you know of working in say uh, your post graduation your your uh, your first job went on to say startups like flipkart and today phone pay what's what's that journey if you were to summarize in some way what's that journey been like for you what's the experience of working across such diverse spectrums yeah i think honestly i've been fairly lucky in terms of you know the choices or or the opportunities what i've got through my career right while i've worked in you know very very small startup to even mncs for that matter but the setup which i got was always focused on india first approach or trying to solve for you know one of the needs in the indian market uh, so that gave me different flavors in terms of how do you approach uh, you know trying to fit the need of the customer and and then basically meeting it in a very very specific environment right uh, and that that kind of you know taught me in very early stage that it is very important that you understand the customer needs uh, understand the sustainability of the business or the or the basically uh, right idea behind it right which can basically last long and create a significant impact in their life and and that basically led to kind of you know uh, very very all rounded uh, exposure right in terms of my learnings right from telecom domain to basically uh smart card domains to you know internet commerce and then basically physical commerce and 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 a bunch of this basically combined together really really well yeah yeah and and i i i like the point that you make in terms of being able to make a difference in someone's life and in the india first approach right uh do you think the product uh management or the product design evolution in india in the past decade or so has been able to focus on making an impact or are we still in the space of acquiring or acquisition as our major aim i think we're getting better at it uh, it's it's always a ongoing problem and specifically when a country which is as diverse as india right where you like literally talking about you talk about country in, in two different names india and bharat to kind of you know highlight that diversity uh i think we are getting much better at in terms of trying to understand the psyche of you know a common man and trying to kind of you know give them the interfaces which are intuitive and easy yeah. uh, still kind of you know trying to figure out that what a power user will be looking for right and yeah. and and somewhere basically trying to find that right balance between you know uh, the sleekness as well as the very very intuitive and simple ux right uh, is is probably an art what we are developing fast towards yeah. Yeah. but if you ask me i don't think so we have nailed it fully uh but uh, we are fairly confident that you know as a as a group we are kind of evolving in the right direction so so what when you say we haven't nailed it and i and i agree with you right because even today a large part of what products are focused on is acquisition because you have to acquire a diverse set of customers even though you're focused towards one specific uh, set Uh, what are those aspects that were still missing when we talk about trying to make an impact? And I'm not talking from an industry standpoint. I'm just talking overall, uh, you know, as 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 designers or product managers. What are those nuances that we still haven't been able to capitalize on? That maybe people or 
companies in the west are able to you know achieve much much better no i think uh, comparing it to kind of you know much more evolved market is very different right if you if you look at where consumers have evolved towards you know uh, being able to use you know digital interfaces much more efficiently or proficiently there you get lots of latitude to kind of you know play on design and and you can introduce lots of complexities let me kind of try to articulate slightly differently today a good percentage of our user base at phone pay right is coming from tier 3 and below yeah. very very significant percentage right plus 60 percentage plus right yeah uh, now while those customers are very well evolved towards using the basics of the payments in terms of you know transfer of the money or to be able to do recharge and bill payment it's going to be very very interesting to kind of you know walk them through the journey of uh, other financial offerings right be it insurance be it mutual funds investments because today lots of those people are not managing their money or or basically uh, wealth in a very very efficient manner right uh, or even basic basics uh, in a very efficient manner uh, if someone can tell them how to kind of uh, invest that 500 rupees which is lying extra right into a you know better revenue than what they are putting on right it will always be a big value add right or how can they protect you know uh, their vehicles or their households their cattle their crops there are plenty of things right which can be basically solved for uh, the traditionally all of these things have been very complicated right and i think onus is on us because we are leading the market and we have entered into these markets and territories right through payment which we have made simple or basically the infrastructure have made very very simple right from here onwards how do we make them transition into the journey of doing slightly more complex things which is still not overwhelming and 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 feels like a very natural journey for them yeah. that they are evolving and and basically our our entire job is to kind of accelerating that journey right through technology and better distribution and and you you make a great point on a large part of your population or your customer base sorry is uh is largely tier 3 60% is huge how exactly do you instill a certain level of trust through through design or through product so that they are able to make that leap of faith saying that this is a product that's not going to take away money from me because that is a that's a huge concern today i think yes and and, and that's why basically you know it's it's very difficult to draw a line in terms of when it comes to design right less you say better it is good design is that right if you have to say a lot is that about, is that something that that goes across the spectrum the less you say better it is i thought right. in payments it is always wiser to have more number of steps just to in, introduce or induce a certain level of trust in the user again again that's what i'm saying please please understand and realize irrespective of the strata and even education level uh, right yeah. consumers are smart right they do get lots of stuff right they do understand yeah. lots of stuff i think it is important to kind of you know build the right amount of trust and 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 basically experience through what you deliver not yeah. through what you say not through what you kind of you know want to kind of talk multiple times about no yeah. matter you know how many times i can kind of say something but end of the day if i lose money once right i'll never trust that platform so are you delivering what you are signing up for right and if you're delivering that then your product plays out right today if you look at on the reliability front on the success rates front or front there there are various parameters right and we basically are like much more ahead of any of the competition correct because we do believe that these are like first class constructs and we have invested very very deeply into it yeah right and the whole idea is kind of you know trust and reliability is something what not you can kind of claim you have to earn it yeah and that's a different the experience yeah exactly and and if you're earning it then you then you're delivering on it and then it will automatically fall into it so i think important thing is again keep your experience very very simple if you're keeping it simple people are able to use it and keep it very very reliable by giving very crisp messaging giving very crisp reasons in terms of what is happening yeah because please understand that when you have this diverse population with so many language barriers and so many things right people are not interested in reading a lot or or reading any long forms statements right the moment you're going beyond three or four words trust me most of the time customers are not reading it right they, they have their own perception that okay it has failed it has failed right and how do you kind of communicate that in a very very simple manner and how do you build your interfaces which are very intuitive for people to act on correct that becomes the key anyth- beyond anything yeah yeah correct 
okay and and when you talk about you know this diverse a population to be building something for uh, what's the when you when you talk your team at home right at phone pay what's the experience like what are those uh, biggest challenges and what is what is that discipline spectrum that you try and instill so that at all points of time there are there are some top kras that's always you know realized because design teams can can be extremely creative and uh, and and there is always a challenge i hear from product leaders saying uh, it's tough to meet design and engineering on the same page it's tough to get the data driven approach instilled in the design team how does that really happen uh, at least at at phone pay no that's a fairly good question and maybe i can share in terms of how do we approach uh, and typically we go design first approach in terms of how are we thinking yes. about yes yes uh, so there are two very clear mandates thinking about design right always think of end state first and then try to break them into pieces in terms of how it should evolve right uh, second is be unconstrained in terms of what we can or what we cannot right when you're thinking and imagining as a business right later on you can bring in the constraints because the moment you try to apply constraints on the solution the solution is always subpar correct the right approach right. is try to arrive at a ideal solution and then apply constraints on top of it Right. right. If right. you apply right. constraints before, then your solution will always be limited by what you think you can. Right. Right. Uh, right. And it's another way around with basically what you think you should do, and then figure out whether you can or whether you're willing to invest into it or not. So that's one yeah. approach in terms of design first approach. The second thing I think what again I think uh, which I kind of covered in my previous thing is, I think it is very important to keep it simple. At times, you know, I think creativity is different, and and basically, uh, I think. keeping it for your customer right uh, is different and and both of them are actually orthogonal uh, thing right you can be very very creative in terms of how you are kind of you know calling out a particular uh, giving out a particular information but at the same point in time there is no point if you're giving in a way where your consumer cannot understand it yeah right so yeah. it is always customer first no matter what problem area not only design but everywhere right so, Is it is it possible to put yourself in the shoes of a customer who's coming from a different economic social strata at all points of time? Difficult, difficult, right? Uh, it's always difficult to kind of you know, uh, and that's what we kind of keep reminding you know lots of our people and 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 basically ourselves also, right? That hey, you do not represent the customer anymore, right? And and your customer is like far too diverse in terms of to be able to kind of have a voice representing in the, this room also. Sure. Right. So the the right thing I think is a follow the first principles. Right. The first principles are keep, keeping it simple. Don't write things like which are you know very different. Right. Uh, there was one interesting example which we were discussing in one of the you know discussions that that save icon. Right. Uh, yeah. I think people know it's a save icon. People don't even know whether it's a flop. It's a floppy. Oh wow. Wow. Right. Okay. So now yeah. new generation come and don't even realize they have not seen floppy in their life. Yeah. Right. But yeah. save icon is pretty much the floppy. Yeah, it is. Right? It is. It is. It is. So now, now people have inherited that particular design language in their this thing. Yes. You may never choose to, and you should never try to kind of override that particular design language. Right. Always yeah. follow certain standards, and then basically at certain times you need to break the you know rules also. Yeah. So I think art is trying to figure out when to follow, when not to break the rule, and when basically you should challenge the rules or break the rules. Yeah. right uh, yeah. as long as i think you're following it from the first principle approach that i keep it very very simple for your end users somebody should be able to use it without help or without that overlay help design right uh, yeah. i think that's where your ux has met the purpose right right i i'm going to take take a slightly uh, a step back and and try and juxtapose how you had what kind of a stint you had at flipkart versus what you're having one at phone pay right now how different work cultures in the team and uh, what essentially is one thing that separates a more progressive uh, you know organization like a phone pay that's talking to such a diverse spectrum of people versus what a global culture of say an amazon could could impersonate at the one in flipkart So I think I had great strengths at both the organization. Both of the organization has has are like very very great organization. In fact, a, a lots of us in PhonePay are coming from Flipkart, right? Uh, yeah. 
we were part of you know early stage scaling of that business uh, i think the only difference I have, I have to put out right i think one was focusing on a business which was encompassing right from your supply chain to basically uh, lots of you know order life cycle kind of stuff right whereas phone pay is like purely digital tech platform if you think about so that's one big difference so this I is more that's focused that's... sorry this is more focused on phone pay sure uh see it's it's if you think about no sorry i, I didn't get you basically no i'm just saying that now with with flipkart as you said there are multiple things going on at the same time and you have to keep factoring in all of those aspects right operations the the life cycle the customer journey here it's just the digital tech platform that you're focusing on and that's a that's one area that you've zeroed down onto is that also a no, difference no i think that that difference plays out actually exactly reverse the way you're saying right because if you think about a while flipkart was more in terms of the entire value chain right from your supply chain to the kind of entire order life cycle management but it was focusing on e-commerce as a as a this thing so there was standard set of problems which were there when right. it comes to phone pay on this side right while it is purely tech digital platform but again if you think about the number of categories or you know business lines what you're operating in right. that can be as diverse right it starts right. from basically p2p then yeah. your wallet management right which basically brings in the entire you know regulatory and auditory requirements right and basically you have uh, recharges and bill payments which are table stakes and basically almost everybody is using then you go into the entire bfsi segment which is basically mutual funds insurance right all kind of investment methods right. and all those things and then you are right. talking about merchant networks right where you yeah. kind of acquiring online merchants and offline merchants we are talking about right now i think we have around 18 million merchants on our platform right so it is operating at much larger scale because of the sheer nature of the business it is operating in very very diverse set of you know business lines yeah on the on the flipkart side i think the interesting part was that you know it they were solving the problem which was you know not been solved before right winning the trust on the e-commerce side right be it because of you know cash on delivery or be it because of you know return policy yeah. or yeah. be it because of you know lots of you know product initiatives like you know product exchange and all those kind of stuff uh so i think that was very interesting journey because from the culture point of view again we were part of building the great team there in in a early stage where business was scaling really really well and i think that's where basically lots of us realized that building great businesses is about all about building great teams right you need to yeah. hire lots of quality talent and nurture them and basically take yeah. them to the you know give them opportunities so that they can take you to the next level right sure sure uh, I think lots of learnings were were there, right? When we were in Flipkart, and and we basically learned lots of good things. Maybe we made some few mistakes, right? And then basically, when this group came in, I think we knew what it takes to scale, right? A bunch of us on PhonePay because we were part of Flipkart earlier, right? Yeah. We already kind of knew that what it needs to scale, right? And basically, could draw lots of learnings, and and basically. That's one of the reasons that what Twitter achieved in such a short span, right? Yes, yes, right. Yes. That the team has enough amount of exposure and 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 learnings in terms of what it takes to scale. And of course, then there are other parameters which also plays out. The domain itself is very exciting and interesting, and which it is kind of, uh, helps. Was that always the bent of mind when you came on this side of phone pay? Did you always believe in the in the vision, not of phone pay, but the sector evolving so so rapidly in India? and we're talking the pre geo times as of now yeah so if you look at my career growth also right i worked in different companies you know and i was part of you know payments earlier prior to flipkart also when i was part of pine labs right in yeah. fact uh, in, in even in my like very early stage right in in basically early 2000 actually we kind of you know did one uh, innovation where we kind of uh, enable credit card based payment on feature phone then so i think yeah. This was with Pine. This was with Pine. No, that was with Slumberger and Citibank. We did some it's kind of Slumberger. All right. Yeah. yeah. That was the you know one of the kind of POC what we did, uh, and that was really really exciting. So I think relationship between me and payments go long long way, and and basically Indian ecosystem I think is which always excited me, right? So I always kind of prefer to kind of. Why is that so? Is that because of the diversity it brings? Yeah. Honestly, <clears throat> think about right. There's nothing more satisfying than you know. seeing the impact what you create on your own or experiencing the impact what, yeah. what you create on your own right yeah. trying to create on some other market and if you are not experiencing day to day life getting impacted around you 
Yeah. Right. Uh, the kick is a little lesser, I'll say. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 You see this in action, and you see people. You yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great yeah. one. Exactly. So yeah, I think payment was a very very natural bend for me, right? And I was taking care of payments in Flipkart also when when basically uh, when Flipkart acquired PhonePay. So it was a very natural transition for me, and I I go along with you know Samir and Rahul both. Uh, so it was a very natural and easy transition. very interesting uh, i'm i, I want to understand a little more from your perspective on on how you think the market has evolved so far in payments in india what have been some of the highlights and why do you think we're heading because with so much happening on a day to day basis uh and with with the government also aligning itself to digital payments more actively now at least in the past 5 years where do you think we're heading from here what are some of the highlights that we can expect possibly I think, honestly speaking, we've just scratched the surface yet, right? Uh, I think a couple of incidents like demotivation or COVID uh, did help in terms of you know people becoming more aware. Uh, but if you look at all the macro parameters, right, which has kind of changed in last five to seven years, right? Uh, lots of smartphones, data becoming really, really cheap. People understanding the need and 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 importance of digital payments, right? And then yeah. basically something like UPI infrastructure. Right, which kind of makes basically rails so interoperable and so easy. Uh, I think all the parameters have been done right so far in terms of you know uh, where a great ecosystem has been created on top of it, right? Uh, and and basically it is becoming a way of life, or it is go- becoming you know heading towards where it can become a way of life. Yeah. But still, if you look at you know the country of what 1.3 billion, 1.4 billion now, right? Pretty much you're talking about the scale is much much more massive, right? And 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 basically. if you're talking about 250 uh, you know million registered customers the way to look at it that you know there are another billion which are which are not there yet yeah right uh, yeah so i think if you look from all those this thing right all the macro parameters how it will change how it will continue to change over next decade uh, we have just scratched the surface it's it's going to be you know much more massive much more useful and much more basically uh, how do i say basically it will create much bigger impact in in everybody's life right uh, and 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 for good right uh, people are going past that hurdle of digital is painful digital is challenging digital is you know i don't understand so it may yeah. it is complex enough i think yeah. now people are you know trusting it and and you know the our approach is also very simple right as at phone pay we think that you know because we are leading the market on this particular front right uh, onus is on us to kind of continue to kind of you know, know uh, build the infrastructure uh, towards basically growing this market and at phonepay we've always taken any problem statement from that lens right that how do, how can we grow the market yeah. uh, today if you look at you know we already have 18 million merchants which are onboarded right and we are looking at probably getting this number to 25 million by the end of the year and and strategy is very simple right we want to go to every corner of india right even the rural india and basically want to go and acquire merchants over there because unless until there are use cases people will not use and if there are use cases people will start using it and once it is solving real problems digital payments are solving real problems once people start experiencing it we have seen that people like literally change their behavior is there also a chance and i'm and i'm not trying to understand or dig into say uh, what business plans you you have right now is there also a chance that uh, a a company like phone play phone pay expands its services beyond india to some similar regions and markets because they behave in similar ways see again if if you think about right any any technology platform company right if you think about if they solve the problem right way it is always replicable in other markets and yeah. other geographies that's sure. a fact right uh, another fact is that if you can win in india probably probability of winning in other this thing is is, yeah. is much higher right because yeah solving problem in india which is as diverse and as 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 complex as it can be right uh gives you enough confidence that yes you can kind of yeah. you know go and capture this yeah i think i'll, I'll just stop there yes i think if you think Fair. about opportunity is always there how are yeah. you thinking about it i don't think so that you know there's any rush for that right sure. let's, let's let's win india first vishal with with so much that's happening right in the industry and within phone pay uh when it comes to you specifically and individually what does your week or a typical day looks like because you could literally be doing 10000 things but i'm sure you restrict yourself to just a few which 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 are important today 
what does what is the week uh, in 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 Vishal's weekly schedule look like? Wow, that's a very very difficult question to answer. Uh, okay, so I, it's actually it's a good question because if you think about uh, that's one of the areas where I kind of you know have learned it hard way, right? In terms of how do you scale yourself? Sure. Uh, there are aspirational things and then there are necessary things, right? Okay. And there's there are things which you have to kind of you know give a very very systemic slots to. Uh, so typically, if you look at what I've done is I've kind of managed my calendar to like three different buckets, right? Uh, meetings, right? We're looking at in terms of you know reviewing certain business numbers with different groups, and we have classified different groups into different buckets depending on the life stage they are in, right? Yeah. Uh, because if you look at phone pay, right? For each, we operate in pod environment, right? And for each of the pod, basically there are multiple startups in, in the country. Wow, right? I want to I wanna dive into, into those pods and the pod system. This is, this is exciting, <laughs> but sure, go on, go on. So, and, and when we look at it, right? We, we look at it that, hey, there are various pods which are in different stage, zero to one, one to 10, 10 to 100. And then basically we look at those groups with a different lens in terms of what should we be focusing on. So there are these bunch of governance meetings where basically we are kind of clubbing these pods into you know groups and then basically having reviews with them, right? The second uh, slot basically if you think about is broadly in terms of where you need to spend time with the people to make sure that A, your input is covered, right? So that basically uh, you are not missing out on opportunity to kind of influence something which you should have. Sure. Should have, right? Wow, that's a big point, one. At the same point in time, you don't want to kind of, you know, uh, miss out on the, the reverse learnings also, right? Because yeah. now you don't get an opportunity to kind of work at the ground level. Right. So you, you are depending on, you know, people kind of bringing that information. So right. those are lots of basically, in other words, if I had to say solutioning slash review meetings, which I have kind of spent my time into, where we're discussing, hey, what are, what is happening? What are the challenges? How someone is thinking about it? And then basically I try to kind of share my thoughts, how I would have thought about it, right? And, and basically that's a, you know, uh, two-way exchange where I get to learn about that area in depth and basically they get to learn from in me in terms of how I would have approached and they basically continue to follow on that, right? So that's the second, uh, this thing. And third one is basically I've kind of, you know, created and, and basically learned this from Samir, right? That it is super important for leaders to create a good free slot on their calendar, right? And, and, and basically I've kind of created this, you know, kind of, you know, 25% of my time as a free slot, which is available for typically uh, on-demand solutioning, top-of-the-mind solutioning, right? Uh, doing lots of strategic discussions, thinking about how do we approach a particular problem from the short-term to long-term connect, right? In terms of how are you yeah. thinking this thing and, and basically try to spend our time on that. So a bunch of us, you know, in the leadership group, try to get together often and utilize the time really, really well towards basically forward uh, yeah, wow. No, it's uh, but yeah, that's you, the ideal ideal this thing. You will find that you know there are overbookings and other stuff which are happening. And of course, a good chunk of you know time goes into hiring. That is super critical, right? Hiring yeah. is one of the most important priority for any leader if you think about it, right? And yeah. and uh, spend quality time over there. Uh, always looking out basically to get people because I think we are at the stage where basically the only thing which can fail us is people. Yeah. Yeah, true. I, I, I see your LinkedIn also saying that you're looking out for uh, always on the lookout for uh, uh, senior product guys. But uh, yeah, that's true. And uh, I, I want to talk about the pod culture and then we'll come on to on to hiring a little bit more emphatically. What is what is the definition of a pod at PhonePay and how why did you come up with it? So I think I can give you a very cliched statement, but actually it's true. Pod is a startup within a startup, right? It's pretty much if you think about uh, business lines basically which are pretty much you know we have given them as independence as possible uh, the, the the structure here is basically that is pretty much have almost every skill set which is required in that business yeah. line so yeah. they have dedicated product managers dedicated developers dedicated designer dedicated front-end developer dedicated business dedicated operations team so it's a it's a group of people who are dedicated towards owning that particular problem statement yeah. right so twofold, right? Uh, the reason for this, if you think about a smaller, the group and focus the group, right? They'll always yeah. be able to you know, approach the problem statement with, with, with higher zeal and higher energy. Yeah. Right. Second is if you, if you think about, right, uh, one of the largest or one of the biggest pain point, uh, uh, which comes in because of the company's growing big is the information asymmetry. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? As the companies grow big, there's yeah. lots of information asymmetry starts creeping in. Yeah. It, it's, it's not anybody's fault. It's just because the size has grown big. It takes time yeah. from you know information uh, a byte yeah. from one into other. Right? Yeah. How do you solve for that, and how do you basically keep that information asymmetry minimum? And again, if you if you're creepy, keeping this group pretty much independent as a small group of people, they'll operate like a startup. Then basically, the role boundaries and the informations are are basically if you look at information asymmetry challenges are gone. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's a small group of people. People are willing to do anything to kind of you know meet the success of that particular pod. Right? Yeah. And and because it's a small group, they are gelling really well together with each other and basically communicating to each other like a startup, yeah. right? And and that kind of you know empowers people to kind of go over and above, yeah. And basically deliver the success. So that's yeah. one reason, right? Broadly. And was this <laughs> was this a concept introduced right at the outset, or was this something that y'all evolved into in due course of time? No, I think honestly speaking, I think first time when me, Samir, and Rahul had a discussion about pod structure, it was pretty much I think second or third month into the organization at least. Wow. Wow. So yeah. always, always uh, there on the cards. I think systemically we introduced probably a year after, right? Because in, in the early days you want lots of fungibility. The second reason of the pod structure is very critical from a uh, this thing, right? That you cannot treat function as equal. Right, all the functions or the business lines is equal. As I was yeah. trying to call out that there are functions which are in zero to one stage and one to ten stage and ten to yeah. you know, business lines basically. Which right. Are in, in right. Stages. What is good or what is ten to hundred is not important for zero to one. Right. Correct. Correct. So, wow. And you yeah. cannot you cannot treat all of those business yeah. lines with a similar lens. The moment you have this yeah. pod, right? now you are not yeah. in the prescribing mode. Right. You're saying that hey, this is the setup what we have given. This is the output what we are expecting. These are the various help we are willing to provide, right? But we are not prescribing how you are operating within that pod, right? And as long as you there is there is that level of entrepreneurial autonomy within each pod to make certain level of decisions and governance frameworks. Wow. Yes. Very much. interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And uh, that's a difficult thing to do. That's a difficult thing to achieve because uh, being able to entrust each pod depending on what are they trying to manage. Uh, for the leadership team, is it challenging, or is it something that y'all have been wired across as a culture? No, honestly speaking, if you think about again, uh, and that's where this governance meeting comes in, which I talked about, right? I think governance meetings gives enough opportunity to leadership to make sure that people are not straying too away from the org strategy, right? Because one of the risks what you run with with the very highly decentralized organizations, right? that everyone can probably try to do maximum for what they are seeking out for but it may not fall in line with the overall global strategy of the organization right and i think that's where these governance meetings really work out well for us where we keep kind of you know resetting the expectation or and, and again any meeting or review for that matter is always bidirectional right you you're always kind of you know getting to learn uh, on your own also right so it solves for uh, Information asymmetry both ways, right? And and what we try there's, to do is there's as much that you draw out of it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So then, in in those meetings, basically those governance meetings allow us to kind of you know uh, correct course if 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 at all needed. Yeah, and and now that you look at everything that's happened so far, right? Uh, your experience in managing these large teams is massive. Uh, if there were if there were three things that you were to talk about or give as advice to product managers or product heads in evolved organizations, what would that essentially entail? <laughs> I think it's still learning the art to be very honest, right? Uh, I think one of the most important aspects is uh, I think it is very important to keep the individuality and acknowledge the individuality of everybody, right? Yeah. If you're not doing that, I think you're trying to kind of force fit certain formulas, which doesn't work well uh, for people to scale. Because I think scaling is easy. Scaling with with while retaining the key qualities, right? It be becomes a challenge, right? Yeah. I've seen it earlier in in my previous organizations also, right? With scale, basically there are lots of challenges which comes in, right? And how do you kind of continue to scale while you're you know minimizing those challenges as much as possible, right? Uh, while few of the challenges are inevitable, can you delay them? Can you like try to kind of you know reduce or or at times remove them also, right? Yeah. I think that's where basically you have to be very very thoughtful. And honestly speaking, is organizations like individual, right? It's yeah. it's it is. very very different problem context in every this thing. And that's where I'll say that don't draw a leaf out of anybody's book 
right i think always try to assess your current context and and try to arrive at the answer from that the moment you're going to kind of draw draw trying to draw a leaf from somebody else's book right you'll try to force fit some formula over there yeah right yeah. so i think it is important that there are certain aspects which are very very important to retain how do you make sure that you are retaining as much of them as possible while you are scaling that's one thing easier said than done right yeah, uh, very challenging very challenging uh, and 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 that's where basically uh, i think this particular model i think i can tell you what has worked for us right and and basically maybe people can try to kind of draw inspiration from that right is one thing is we have always maintained that every product manager will have like you know clear role responsibility definition no matter of what size the scope and complexity will change right but pretty much that's it right a product manager is a product manager and product manager is a, is a leadership role in general right yeah. so you expected to kind of lead from the front and deliver the impact what what you have been assigned for right yeah uh, so it is super important for you to be uh, understanding what you are signing up for so yeah that individual role is very clear in their mind what is expected out of them and and basically trying to do that also with the you know senior leaders in terms of what is expected out of them and and trying to carve that out that hey these are the expectations yeah right uh, i think second this pod framework is definitely worked out really well for us right which yeah. allowed us to kind of you know behave differently with different stages of the businesses right yeah, yeah. and then that gives us some freedom in terms of how to do that in terms of intra product i'll say that pretty much the uh, approach what we taken right which is like lots of two way interactions opportunity being created but not as a uh, mundane process but more as a in terms of you know uh, on need on demand basis yeah uh, solutioning discussions i think that is also working out really really well uh, those product review sessions basically which i do with my team members right helps me really yeah. really uh, get connected to root of the problem at the same point in time helps me kind of you know uh, give them certain inputs right which can which can make them a better product manager from there on right 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 and end of the day people need to scale along with the organization and and when your organization is growing at a, you know such a pace uh, it is super important that people continue to grow along with that right do you do you individually miss working at the ground level because uh, because sometimes you know those are the roots that people have come up from and then roles evolve and responsibilities change do you miss that at any point or do oh, you enjoy the managerial tasks every day i miss tasks it. every day i miss it see managerial tasks are overhead right yeah. uh, i i think it's not that i don't enjoy them because that's also need of the hour or or basically sure. needs it given any day the intellectual kicks comes out of you know what you you're doing and and is giving you instant result right yeah. managerial yeah. tasks are generally long term bets and basically the the gestation period is much bigger and basically when yes. you see the output take some time right you're taking yeah. lots of strategic bets there right as a as an individual when you're solving a problem owning a problem the impact is visible much faster right yeah. uh, so definitely miss the action on the ground and again uh, i i try to kind of get involved as much as possible with my team members right uh, to at least you know keep getting some flavor of it in one shape or the form yeah very interesting and uh, i want to i want to talk about how you hire which uh, are that's a that's a major part in building large product teams right uh, what are some of those skill sets or experience areas beyond what's expected out of uh, a job description what are some of the softer angles that you look for when you hire people yeah like honestly if you think about soft skills are overrated in my mind it is important but soft skills can be learned given the right environment and right exposure let me let me let me reframe what are some of those cultural basics that you look for sure i think yeah i think th- those are very important cultural i think is very de- near and dear to us right and and we want to make sure that uh, a people are very very hungry right i i like oh. people who are hungry to learn right because end of the day if you're hungry to learn if you're hungry to create impact right that keeps you going and then you're not getting bogged down by you know one challenge or the other right you'll yeah. figure out your way because every challenge is a new learning and you enjoy that right and yeah. if you're able to kind of create impact then you want to create more impact then again you enjoy that right and it's a very much if you think about correct right uh, it helps individual and it helps organization also that's one aspect kind of is a very very big thing second thing is i think which is very important is i think to be able to do a very very first principle uh, you know approach uh, to any particular uh, problem statement uh, people who are getting bogged down by 
their previous learnings or what they have seen right again gets limited by what they have seen right uh, and and when organization like phone pay is growing at such a large scale right every day we see problems which generally have not no precedences before right Correct. it's probably Correct. one of its first kind right how do you kind of go and sell insurance digitally to someone in village right it's it's, it's not someone who has tried or succeeded before right and you have to kind yeah. of figure out how do you solve that and and i think it's super important to kind of approach a problem statement with a very very you know first principle uh, approach right uh, so i think that's again second thing is pretty much non negotiable right third one again i think is which is very important is people are always thinking company first right and and not necessarily uh, anything in terms of that hey while it is important that everybody needs to grow and everybody is this thing but the moment you are kind of you know getting me first versus company first right mercenaries versus missionaries right if you think about it right uh, i think while you know both of the breed can work and deliver for the organization but the moment you have more missionaries in the organization right it is always healthier you know discussion about maximizing something for the organization right and, right. and people are not putting their and that's a tough call and that's a tough call for for a culture to make actually you're right exactly and and basically when when basically both oh, that you know our interest is lying in the organization interest then there are lots of healthy conflicts which are which can happen and and those healthy conflicts are very very critical for an organization to succeed you yeah. bring diverse set of people because they are bringing diversity in different point of views right those point of views if they are going into that you know you can kind of you know healthily figure out which point of view is the right or basically figure yeah. out the right combination of that that's one of the very very good things which to happen right yeah. and that's where we also focus significantly in terms of the diversity of the group right what are yeah. the various skill set which are getting in the group right because again product management is a very very complex uh, function right you don't know where to draw the line in terms of where does their ro- the role ends product manager yeah. should be understanding business should be understanding operations should be understanding ux data yeah. compliance everything right and if you think yeah. about where do you kind of you know uh, find who spike on almost everything it's very difficult right uh, those are like, like literally superhuman who spikes on yeah. almost all skill sets then yeah. what you try to do is you try to bring in the right complementary skill sets within the team also within product function also right that where basically people yeah. are spiking on either design or people are spiking on the business aspects of it or technology aspects of it and then basically when this group of people are coming together right yeah and result is generally yeah. more well rounded yeah. and holistic yeah yeah and and is is retention or focus on retention a large part of the culture or are you are you okay to keep having fresher talent infusion because of the way of growing and progressing see retention is always critical for any organization if you think about right uh, because I, i still genuinely believe that people who got you here can get you there if you can get them there or if you can help them yeah right? uh, because they 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 have developed lots of contact they have developed lots of depth right so it's it's important set of people for sure right and always looking out yeah. uh, you are depending a lot more on on that set that being said again i think the fact of the matter is that product management is still a very niche function in the country right uh, when i started my career there was no nothing called product management and then yeah. when i moved into product management then i realized oh all my life i was doing product management actually <laughs> so, yeah yeah and maybe so many people were uh, there was just no terminology around it exactly so i think it's a niche function uh, supply is is a problem right yeah. it's, it's not that the thing and 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 basically the definition of product management also changes significantly right what you need it for does. your organization right might not be very easily available so the other approach is that of course you know get lots of freshers in coach them build that entire university program kind of stuff right and then basically you know create a good supply for product in the organization and that's what my next kra is if you think about it from the product org point of view that i'm i'm probably spending some time or uh, in thinking about how do i start creating next breed of product managers which can help the organization and eventually the ecosystem yeah yeah i'm 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 going to uh, get into one one last aspect of phone pay before getting into our next segment uh, which is more to do with your personal hobbies and choices uh, is phone pay the sort of organization or or beyond phone pay is it wise to keep an eye out on what other companies or other businesses in the same sector are working on to gain inspiration or should you essentially have an approach of keeping your head down and just evolving on your own merits and strengths yeah i think uh, different business lines or different domains will have a different strategy for this right uh, i think the way we are approaching it is is basically be aware of in terms of what your competition is doing but never be worried about it 
right? Uh, as you call out, FOMOs are generally, you know, wrong for product strategy or business strategies, right? The moment you yeah. do something with, you know, FOMO, right? Uh, that fear of missing out pushes you in the corner or, or makes you do certain things, which may maybe not necessarily the best choice at, at the point yeah. in time. Yeah. As an organization, I think we are very, very thoughtful about what do we choose and what bets we kind of, you know, put. Uh, we spend quality amount of time every year or every six months to kind of, you know, decide and agree upon what are the things we want to focus on. And then yeah. pretty much basically deliver on as per the plan. I think that's, that's one of the reasons we've been so successful so far that we have always worked with a plan and basically not deviated from those plans uh, without having to worry about anybody, what is happening. Right. I right. think it's good to know what is happening, but I think uh, what you know and what you've thought out is, 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 is strong enough proxy for you to kind of, you know, have a strong conviction around that and then continue to follow that. And, and basically yeah. it is proven. I think last five years have proven it. And now if you look at, because we are kind of leading the industry, yeah. onus yeah. is on us to kind of continue to lead and let others follow. And that's a tough spot to be in. And that's a really tough one. I feel. I, I think honestly speaking, there's nothing tough, nothing easy. Uh, I think it's, it's point in time. As long as I think you are true to yourself and honest to the surroundings. Yeah. It's always fun. Very interesting. Uh, I'm going to dive into this last segment, which is essentially called Beyond the Grid. Uh, we we talk about you individually and some of the things that have that drive you personally, right? So if uh, if you were to, and and this is really out of context from where we're where we're talking about, if you were to invite three people to a dinner table conversation, uh, who would those people be and why? Here, I'm just trying to understand a little more of who you are as a person and, and, and probably bring that out to everyone. Wow, that's a tough one. I didn't anticipate that. Uh, but interesting, right? Uh, I think Elon Musk will be definitely the one, right? Uh, I think For his, some reason, he features on most lists. Very yeah, interesting. I think his, his output is so complex. I think I would like to understand what goes behind uh, his thought process, right? Yeah. It will be yeah. really, really interesting to kind of, you know, hear his thoughts on that. Uh, I think this another one will be, honestly speaking, uh, Mahindra Singh Dhoni. Wow. Okay. Again, again, his cricket acumen if, acumen, if you think about, right? I think all of us acknowledge is way sharper than anyone we have seen. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think that always intrigues me that, hey, what goes in these people's mind? Right? How yeah. do they approach a particular problem? Right? If but I can very call... distinct Elon Musk and Mahindra Singh Dhoni, very distinct in their temperaments and personalities. I know, I know, I know. And again, I if you look at right, I'm I'm using this as an opportunity to kind of you know yes trying to kind of figure out what goes in their mind, right? And if I can draw a leaf or two out of their book, yeah. right, it'll be very interesting yeah. and add value to my overall approach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the second person. Uh, third person. I would like to pick from politics, but I'll refrain from that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so let me think of that. That's okay. We can we can just have two if if they they are the two most starkly popping up in your mind right now. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, third one will be actually Warren Buffet, right? Oh, okay. Again, again, somebody who's like you know very astute on the investors uh, investment side. Yeah. And 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 you know over the decades he has proven how he thinks about the organization and how he assesses the financials of the various companies. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. I think he, he has like, you know, something which nobody has kind of nailed to the level what he has done. Sure. He has done like decades ago. Right. Right. Very nice. Are you, are you more of a podcast person or are you more of a paperback person? Do you find time to do either of these? No, honestly speaking, not much. Right. I, I, I like, paperbacks more than the you know podcast but off late if you look at my schedule right uh, don't get much time uh, did try kind of you know listening to few of the podcasts but then fi- find it too monotonous and then and your mind kind of stays away right uh, yet I, you are here doing one yet you are here <laughs> doing one <laughs> I, I know i know but again i think what what becomes challenging is that you know when you're kind of reading right you are kind of you know go you you embed yourself into the space because reading warrants that right unless until you're kind of immersed deeply into reading you're not getting you know the maximum out of it versus podcast is something you know what you used to right that there are lots yeah. of audio and visual which is going around and you can choose to kind of you know multitask yeah. at the moment you multitask the immersion level is slightly lesser right and it yeah. typically 
you have to notice that I, I generally like to go deep in the thoughts that why something yeah. is happening rather than what sure. is happening. Sure, sure. Right, right. And, right. and, and paperbacks give me that opportunity more. Wow, very interesting. Is, uh, is there one thing that you picked up through the course of the lockdown as a hobby uh, that you're really happy about? So, uh, I think I, I like really, really nailed my cooking skills for sure. Uh, I always love cooking and I, I could do it well earlier also, but I think lockdown gave me lots of opportunities to try out lots of lots of dishes and I, I've kind of mastered many of them now. So that was one thing. Right. Second thing which I'm starting now is like probably, you know, again, a very, very long term. This thing I want, always wanted to learn a musical instrument. Did not get enough time to try it is out. It? And I'm just picked up a guitar now and hopefully this, the 21 target is that I'll, I'll learn guitar reasonably okay. The camp, camp uh, fire level. <laughs> nice, nice, very nice. I like that. Okay, cool. And, and, and before we wrap up, uh, is, there, is there an advice? Is there a piece of advice uh, that you'd like to give to the 18-year-old you when you now look back at how your journey has been? No, I think honestly, the only thing what you should be worried about is that are you getting better than yesterday? Right. If you can follow that principle, everything else follows in life. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're, you you'll basically find the right place in terms of your passion. You'll find your sweet spots, right. You'll find the right money. You'll find the right, you know, whatever you, you're chasing. Right. Uh, I think only thing, what you need to be worried about that are you better than yourself? Uh, yeah. You know, and if you can do that, uh, everything else follows. Awesome. This is, this has been great. I think, uh, Diving into a product leader's mind uh, is always extremely exciting. And with you, it's been no exception. So, uh, Vishal, thank you so much for being on Design Grid. Thanks. It was a pleasure. And, and thanks for giving me an opportunity. Sure.